and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, a podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have Christina Drilling Bureau, host of Pop Culture Confidential. We'll be discussing her favorite movie and TV weddings and share the behind-the-scenes facts from these Hollywood productions. Christina, welcome to Weddings Unveiled. I am thrilled to have you here with us today to geek out together over movies and TV. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here as well. One of my favorite topics is movies and diving into this is so much fun. So for those not familiar, tell us about your podcast, Pop Culture Confidential. Well, I have a podcast where I interview everyone from the industry, actors, directors, writers, um, but also media. Um, you know, we look into current events, um, if it has a politics or, you know, culture. And I've been doing it for about three or four years now. And well, I'm a journalist for 20 years already, but I've mostly done TV. So this was new to me and I'm it's just really fun. It's a fantastic podcast. I Thank recommend you. everyone check it out. It's through Evergreen Podcasts. So we're family now. Yeah, I love it. I'm so happy to be with you guys. So let's get started on the first of the wedding movies that you've chosen. And it's such a fascinating choice. Your first one that you chose is The Deer Hunter, which is not the first one that most people would think of when it's like, hey, let's talk about wedding movies. <laughs> no, I thought it'd be interesting to start with a couple of movies that actually start with weddings and that have a really, really interesting production around them. So The Deer Hunter is quite a controversial movie. Michael Cimino, the director, was criticized for it being very one-sided portrayal of the North Vietnamese. It had a lot of problems. I mean, Michael Cimino himself is super perfectionist. The next movie he made was one of the biggest flops ever in Hollywood history, Heaven's Gate. But the perfectionist he was, this wedding that begins the movie is absolutely amazing. It was supposed to be 20 minutes, turned out to be 51. Basically, the movie starts... At the wedding, uh, one of the characters, John uh, Stephen, played by John Savage, is getting married to his girlfriend. And it's basically a double thing in the narrative because it's both the wedding and it's kind of a going away party for Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, who are going to Vietnam. Meryl Streep is there. She has, has a wonderful performance together with her then actual boyfriend, John Cazal, who I adore, who was very sick during the making of this movie. But the wedding itself was filmed in a real Russian Orthodox church with a real-life priest, and it's an incredible reception. Chimino, everything had to be real. The choir that sings, they sang the hymns like 50 times for him in order to do the to do this scene and he asked all the extras hundreds of extras to bring to wrap gifts so that they would look real. And while they were doing this production, he didn't realize that they had actually brought real gifts, not only wrapped boxes. So there was a whole bunch of gifts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So everything is completely real. And also this was supposed to be set in the fall, but they filmed in the summer. So they had to do all these things with the leaves and the trees and paint them orange. And it's a pretty spectacular scene to look at, actually, just to get that realistic. Have you seen it? I have. And it's not only one of the most iconic movies. I mean, it's AFI's in the top 50 or 60 of all time. And you mentioned Meryl Streep being in it. 
correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was her first Oscar nomination ever yeah, yeah. for supporting. And she's so great in it. They could have used her even more. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But like the in the wedding scene, my favorite part, and I think one of the most notable is the big wedding dance scene. Oh, it's incredible. They do the traditional Russian Orthodox wedding dance. And, you know, I didn't think about it until you just said about the wedding gifts, but you'll see it as they're carrying the bride and groom out the door. You see this overflowing pile of gifts on the table. So who knew like the extras were supplying it? It wasn't just like props per se. There's a special story behind it. No, he he wanted them to wrap the gifts so that it would look as as gifts would, but he didn't mean for them to actually bring gifts, but they did. So, <laughs> so they feel heavy. They look heavy. That's an amazing movie and, or amazing start. And I, that's, I wanted sort of compare it to the start of the Godfather, which also starts with an incredible ther- um, narrative. Yes. And I think this is just a masterclass in writing, directing, and how he weaves every single character into this scene. In this wedding, you get to learn, know everyone. You get to know everyone's, you know, relationship with each other, what's going to happen. If you really look closely, you'll see everything that will happen in the movie. It's also such a beautiful wedding. Connie, played by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's actual sister, Talia Shire, looks just beautiful with the Sicilian music. And, and it's just, I mean, that's more of a classic wedding intro that everyone knows. <laughs> but you feel like you, when you're watching it, I mean, like you are at a traditional Italian wedding. You have like the older relatives up there singing that Samore in Italian and the dancing, just like with um, Deer Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I agree with the, the fashions being impeccable. And same thing with Deer Hunter because the movie came out in 78, but it takes place in the late 60s. And I think they did a stellar job with getting the oh, pink chiffon bridesmaids dresses and her wedding dress really on point for that era. And same with Godfather. And the thing about Godfather, too, is that you introduce to a bunch of other because you have all the sort of rich friends and the politicians and the cultures meeting and seeing this wedding. It really is incredible. You mentioned Godfather, another mafia movie that you want to tie in which I never would have thought of, was Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas has a spectacular wedding scene. There you have Henry Hill and Karen Friedman. Um, So that's uh, Lorraine Bracco getting married to Ray Liotta. And the scene just before the wedding is him pistol whipping another man. So it's a very harsh, (laughs) you know, you know, cut into this wedding scene. And what we get first is a small Jewish ceremony in a a small house, maybe 10 or so guests because she's Jewish. And then all of a sudden cut to the Italian part of the wedding, a very simple sort of restaurant type ballroom. But there, uh, Michael Ballhaus, the cinematographer, he just weaves around this party and you see the older guests and, and she's completely, you see Karen, she's just overwhelmed by all these Italians saying hello, this family member and they're all named the same thing. It's Tony, Tony, (laughs) Tony. And she's just sort of twirling around and the camera's following her and she looks beautiful and she looks very happy. And there's, you know, they get all these Italian traditions where they get money and you really see the sort of this part of the Italian American mafia where they have a, you know, bit of money, they're doing pretty well in this wedding. It's just, it's just a spectacular scene and that Scorsese style where the camera just roams around this whole room. You know, that makes me think of my big fat Greek wedding because he's an only child and his parents are very conservative and kind of quiet. And then they get thrust into this big Greek family where 
a lot of the guys have the same names and there's all these customs and traditions and it's like, what, like, where do I, what do I do? You know? Absolutely. That's a great comparison. Yeah. It's sort of a, there's a few sub genres I'm sure we'll get into in the, in the wedding genre. Like that one, for example, is where, where someone gets sort of overwhelmed by another family's wedding traditions. And the, and these are sort of two of those, but Goodfellas, you also see that she's, both in a little scared, but mostly intrigued by this lifestyle. He's, she's, you know, you get to see in that scene before that I mentioned that she's kind of intrigued by the violence too. She hides the gun for him and she says as much that, you know, this was a bit intrigued. So you sort of see her entrance into this family as, as she's not particularly scared of it at the moment. <laughs> no, but that's a great one. And, and I want to go back and rewatch that one because I, I, again, I haven't watched it in so long and hadn't thought about it. So next is every rom-com enthusiast's favorite queen of weddings, oh, Julia Roberts. She is the queen. What's your favorite Julia Roberts wedding movie? It's Steel Magnolias. Is it mine too? That's a- Unveilers that have been listening to the show from day one have probably heard me quote it a gazillion <laughs> times because I always bring up like the armadillo scene or, you know, my colors are blush and bashful. Your colors yeah, are pink, pink and pink. pink. <laughs> It looks like the halls and hose down with Pepto-Bismol. Like, it's so good. It's so good. And it's so emotional. I mean, that's the movie you cry your way through. Um, this is the subgenre of the wet getting prepared for a wedding movie, sort of Father of the Bride, where you see the whole yes. process of a wedding. Still, Magnolias is just so wonderful, this group of women and their relationship to each other and how they help each other through the best of times, the worst of times. Julia Roberts is a bit different in this one because at the beginning she's sort of, I don't know if I spoil the brat is a little much, but she's very, she knows what she wants. She's the only daughter yeah. with two brothers and she gets her way. And they, exactly. And, um, but then I'm not sure I don't, I, I want to spoil it too much, but then it takes quite a turn the movie with her character, but I adore that. And even though it's maybe a wedding, I myself did not have any big weddings and wouldn't. <laughs> I just think that with all the problems you see while they're arranging this wedding and trying to get out all the birds out of the trees and the father, <laughs> it just is so much love in there in that scene at the end. And much like Godfather, since they start this movie off with the, the preparing of the wedding, it's the wedding day. It's a great way to introduce all the characters and get an insight into how the characters are going to interact with each other. Right. You get everyone's personality and everyone's arc, you know, it, it touches at it in that wedding scene. So when you get to the final scene, which is, what can I say? Very dramatic. You really, Very dramatic. you really understand the relationship to each other and how they've been there for each other and who, who takes what role in these people's lives. No, it's really beautiful. Talking about the other cultures, like the Greek weddings and the Italian weddings, here you have an example of a big Southern wedding where the entire town's invited, you know, and she's got the big hair and the puffy dress. And Poofy hair. 13 bridesmaids because Mama Mamie had my cousins and Margie St. Maury. Yeah. And they had these big hats and, yeah. <laughs> you and, know. And, and the Daryl Hannah character, who's, who's the new hairdresser, she asks Sally Fields, are you going to put your dress are you going to put your um, dress over your head? Because I tend to go very poofy when I do this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's She's like, you can't mess it up. It looks like a football helmet. 
<laughs> no, it really is. And all those details are perfect. And and as you were mentioning, the armadillo cake, which is part yeah. of the bachelor part, or not, is it the bachelor the party? Groom's the groom's cake, right? Exactly. And I rewatched it and I, and this is, it's not a wedding movie, but I came to think of, have you seen Terms of Endearment? Yes, but it's been so long. Yeah. It's actually quite a very, it's, it's a lot like Terms of Endearment at the end. There's a few things I was thinking that they feel very similar. And, and both of those are movies that just make me cry and cry. Right? Yeah. If you just need a good cry, put either movie on. If you have a dry face, like if you are not bawling at the end, you might need to go see a therapist or something. Right. Like something might not be right. Like it's heart and gut-wrenching. And I have to say, I cried at both, both of these movies before I had kids too. So they really do something... To, you don't necessarily know. It's just very, very emotional in that way that you're laughing and crying at the same time. Yeah. Oh, and oh, yeah, I don't want to give spoilers. If you, if, if you have not seen Still Magnolias, there's one scene in particular that you do. But it's so it's, uncontrollably, and then you laugh so hard. Yeah. But it is, isn't it 30 years old? Yeah, we should be able to should be able to spoil it. I would it. think, yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, we'll just say there's a funeral involved if you haven't seen it. And at the gravesite, Sally Field gives one of the greatest performances and makes you ball your eyes out. But then Weeza, <laughs> and, uh, played by uh, Shirley MacLaine and Olympia Dukakis, may she rest in peace, one yes, of the greatest Clary. ever, playing Clary, uh, just make you laugh uncontrollably. You just go from one extreme emotion to the other and... It's one of the best wedding movies ever. Oh, and there you see that friendship we were talking about at the beginning and how strong it is and how ex acceptant they are of each other because Weezer is not an easy person. Shirley MacLaine's character <laughs> no. is, but you, you sort of feel that this small town, they know each other so well that they accept all these things. And no, it's, it's really one of my absolute favorite wedding movies ever. And with that, let's go to the some of the other Julia Roberts movies because this kind of started it for her and then she got luckily sucked into doing more for us. Yeah. She's such a gorgeous bride. I mean, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Runaway Bride alone, and she gave us so many great looks. So great. So great. Is that your favorite one? No, you like the Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. But I have to say, when it comes in order for the Julia Roberts movies, Runaway Bride probably took over as number two. Mm -hmm. And then My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. Yeah, that's my order too. The only thing about this, like, how could they not choose Julia Roberts? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it's true. I can't think of any other actress that could do what she did in those roles. No, no, she's unbelievable. But with Runaway Bride, one of the things I loved was when she was trying on the wedding dress with Richard Gere. And this is when they're kind of starting to, you know, fall for each for other. Sure. But she said what she loved about the dress was how it made her think of like a church bell and how it swayed. Yes, and that was I such a beautiful that. detail with the dress because, like, the camera pans down the dress. And it's sleeveless and it has sheer, but then satin to it, and it kind of it kind of um, stripes along the skirt when they pan down, and she's just swaying back and forth, and the skirt just kind of sways back and forth, and it does, and it is shaped like a bell, and you don't think at first until she says it. And it's like that's so romantic and pretty, you know. But the best dress to me is the ending. Yeah. The off the shoulder satin gown with her hair down with the curls oh, is just so pure beautiful. romance. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? 
Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Okay, the next movie I'm so excited about because no one ever thinks of this for a wedding. I'm so happy you did. (laughs) When Harry Met Sally. Well, When Harry Met Sally is uh, like so many. I I think I'm I'm certainly not alone. One, My absolute favorite relationship movie. And what's so beautiful, there's actually two weddings in this, if you can can say that. The first one is when Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby get married. And it's just so sweet. Even though Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal are fighting in that scene, they're you understand how this relationship, there's so much in love. It's a gorgeous New York venue. That's where I got married. And you're not at that venue, not at that venue, but in New York. But that room is so gorgeous. The speech that Bruno Kirby gives where he says, if we would, because they double, the point was the double date was that um, Billy Crystal was supposed to be with Carrie Fisher and so on. And and, um, so the speech is, if we would have found either of these two, Harry or Sally, remotely um, attractive, (laughs) we would not be married today. Sally is so beautiful to the Carrie Fisher character when she, you know, starts crying when she sees her beautiful dress. And and then at the end of When Harry Met Sally, it's what you've been waiting for is that they finally get together after, what is it, 12 years and three months or whatever they say. And yes. you don't actually see the wedding, but they're sitting in these, this couch at the end where they have all these little short interviews with married couples and Harry and Sally talk about their wedding. And it's just you can see it when she describes it, how she describes it. We had this coke, beautiful coconut cake, <laughs> but with chocolate sauce on the side, very rich chocolate on the side, because not everyone likes chocolate on their coconut and how, you know, that they describe it as beautiful. And, and you can just see it's just a perfect ending. And you don't really even want to see the wedding because it's just the thing about Harry and Sally are their conversations, their fights, their conversations, how they talk about love. And so at the end that you don't see, it, you just hear them, I think is a fantastic ending to that movie. Oh, I totally agree. And yeah, I, most people would not ever think of that ending as being like the second wedding in the movie, but it really is. And she's even wearing white. Yes, that's so true. I didn't think yeah. of that. Too. I mean, they could have done City Hall and gone right to the interview. Like, right. you don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, but back to Jess and Marie's wedding, yeah. Bruno, the late Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher. I like to think Jess and Marie are in heaven together. Her dress, another beautiful off-the-shoulder. So of simple. That 89, 1990 look, but would be very in vogue today. It's back in vogue. The slightly puffy sleeve, the off-the-shoulder. Meg Ryan's looked stunning on her. It's a little dated now, but it was a great deep green and black yeah, taffeta and velvet. Yeah, it looked beautiful on her and very of the time. All her clothes in that movie are fabulous. All the, the, the you know, suits she wears in the fall New York, walk, taking walks with him. Oh, I think she's gorgeous in that one. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I think of New York City as a third character in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, if you haven't heard it. Harry Connick Jr.'s absolutely perfect soundtrack to that movie. Yes. I had a few songs purposely played at my cocktail hour. Oh, you I did? Wanted to make sure, oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that uh, that soundtrack was incorporated. It's one of my favorite movies, and I love Harry Connick. Oh, uh, me too. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the last of the movies before we get into TV is Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I thought we'd just mention this. I wanted to talk about it because of the venue. I thought now we'd gone through a little bit of narrative and a little bit of, of you know, other things. But I think this is one of the most spectacular venues ever produced for a movie. And I know that the production designer on this, if you guys are interested, there's a rabbit hole you can go where he, with interviews with the production designer, should talk about how they wanted to make this indoor garden of Eden and a total environment, how they made grass and and took a bunch of traditional flowers and constructions of Chinese dragons that served as backgrounds and they manufactured a whole bunch of bamboo things and it is quite spectacular. I don't know if you remember before she walks down the aisle, there's some water that fills in between us. She's like walking through. It's just so beautiful. That's like the thing of dreams to have like you're walking on water. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. And it, it this also sort of a category of, of movies like makes me think of, I don't remember, Monsoon Wedding, which is also oh, yeah. this colorful, magical feeling of a wedding. It's just so spectacular, that venue itself. Very incredibly romantic in the whole movie. It's a, but that's to me one of my favorite, you know, visual venues of the movie of the latest few years. Is it true that in the more affluent, richer Asian cultures, this is pretty on point? I, I mean, that's what I get the feeling. I have never been to a wedding in 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 of this style, <laughs> but it seems so if when you tell, when you listen to how the production time, they really went into detail. I mean, of course they did some things for, you know, spectacular movie magic, but they right. did, they were incredibly detailed and small things that they picked on how they looked and colors and things like that. So I do think that that you know, that's something that they took great care to do. And her dress was another stunning oh, dress. And the way they out. did the high-low purposely so you could really get that walking on water effect. Because if you had a to-the-floor gown, I don't think it would have the no. same visual appeal. No. She puts her foot in so delicately into the water. And, oh, it's a beautiful dress. It's just gorgeous. I want all the fashions from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just is like a candy to look at. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the best way of putting it. It's yeah. visual candy. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on to TV, the first one we're going to discuss is something I'm going to confess I have yet to watch, but I have followed along, you know, online seeing stuff. So I have an idea, but The Crown. Yes. And The Crown, I also thought would, was interesting to talk to in terms of accuracy, because this is also really interesting to read about. There, I think there's three different um, costume designers through the seasons, and they each have done one of the big weddings in, in there. I think it's Queen Elizabeth. Um, Princess Margaret and Diana are the wedding dresses that are actually shown. And they went through such immense work to recreate these wedding dresses. I mean, beyond the silhouettes, but the fabrics, the embroidery, the lace, the trim. And But they're still a little bit of magic in it that you see that they haven't just copied them. They've, you know, incorporated to the actresses that are wearing the dress and especially um, Diana's dress, which they really took care. Apparently this took 14 months for them to make for the TV series. And it's only shown for one moment because you never actually see the wedding. The idea of that was there's two theories of why you only get to see Emma Corrin standing in the dress for a little small. One is that they didn't have the money to then reproduce the entire <laughs> Charles and Diana wedding, but also because they wanted it to sort of, she just turns around and you see her back and you see sort of that, that feeling of, okay, 
she's what she's walking that into. Now. Yes, yes. And there they really went for her fantasy, the Diane, the Disney princess that she, you know, wanted to sort of convey with that dress. And I just think that's very interesting in terms of seeing, you know, the accuracy of how they worked. Yeah, I noticed when I saw the photo of the Diana dress, because, you know, growing up, obviously, around the time, I mean, I grew up on Diana. Like, they got married, I think, the year before I was born, maybe. But, like, it's been my entire life. And David Emmanuel did such an exquisite job on that original dress. I noticed the movie version seemed a little less, a little less puffier than the original. You can see that they've taken, I mean, they've done... And I think it's pretty smart of them. They haven't done a complete, you know, copy. They've, but they, all the, the clothing in the crown is, they look at it, but they've made slight changes, brought it a little bit modern, but also to very much fit the actresses that are wearing them. And I think they've done a terrific job with that. Absolutely. What do you think about, I think it's Princess Beatrice, her wearing Queen Elizabeth's actual wedding dress for her wedding last year or two years ago? Yeah. I'm, I don't know much about it, but I actually saw that. I thought that dress was spectacular. In my taste, more spectacular than her sister's, actually. I thought that she looked so beautiful in that dress. And I thought, and I really thought it was a beautiful gift to her grandmother and to the tradition. I thought that was a very, very nice dress. Yeah, it's such a timeless look. It really is. I mean, Queen Elizabeth got married, what, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, something like that. And her dress is so modern with these embroidered. It, it it really is to me. It's actually my favorite of these on the crown. I haven't. I don't know all royal dresses, but but yeah. these because we're talking about them. I looked at them much, and I think of those. I think that one and Princess Margaret's. It's actually the most modern of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it has a very high, like a collar, and it's quite covered up, but it's it's very beautiful as well. I'm gonna go back and look at all the yeah. royal wedding dresses again. <laughs> The next one is, and I actually went back and rewatched so I could, because I just wanted to, but The Office, Jim and Pam, talk about another laugh and cry. Yeah. I have to say, this is the category when when I was preparing to talk to you, Leah, that that I have to say gets me the most emotional, and that's the sitcom weddings. It's my absolute, I just think that there's a way that they are often end there's it's often a finale and it's often all the characters and it's often all the arcs that have been in these two people and and why they meet and there's three of them that I like particularly it's Pam and Jim where you just cry the whole time it's Parks and Rec Leslie and Ben and Schitt's Creek Pam and Jim is so spectacular I think First of all, because they get both of the things in there. They have their own private little time during the day, which is what I actually did with my husband. We had our, we got married on our own and then afterwards had a party with friends a couple months after. But this is the same day. And then they get married and every, and it's in typical office fashion, <laughs> the whole group just does a crazy dance number, you know, the, the viral YouTube dancing through the aisles thing, but it's so lovely and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That really is one of the best TV weddings of all time. Yeah. Without a doubt. But Parks and Rec. Also. That City Hall wedding and Leslie in her amazing skirt that her best friend Anne Anne made made. that had all the like newspaper clippings from throughout her career and accomplishments and 
that alone, I love their their relationship. Their relationship is beautiful. And it's the most perfect sitcom wedding dress ever. That little skirt with all the bills and propositions and documents and everything. Yeah, that's no, great. <laughs> and also such a loving ending. There were a few weddings on Parks and Rec and all of them were fun. Uh, but this one is very, very emotional. I love when they say, I love you and I like you. And my husband and I did a hand fasting ceremony during our wedding and we have the ribbon made to say that throughout it. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. I love that scene. Um, the other one, Schitt's Creek, which is one of the newest ones on the list. Yeah, I thought we could, we could have something new here. I just think that that's a fabulous ending and no one will ever forget Moira's huge wardrobe <laughs> wig. And I mean, that's just an amazing picture that you see everywhere. And and it's just a fun and also beautiful, very romantic wedding between the two of them. I just think it's a, it's a great and What's also great about it too is, you know, oftentimes when someone's that extravagant, that eccentric, they pull focus. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, even though she's this outrageous outfit, she doesn't pull focus from, from David, and Pat- uh, David and Patrick having yeah. their vows and everything. Neither does Alexis wearing a white dress. Yes, true. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you still have all the attention on them. And I think that's amazing and beautiful. Yeah. And it's just the perfect episode because it's both chaotic, but then emotional. And I think that that's what they pull off so well with the whole sort of Rose family. No, there's something very special about a good sitcom wedding, I have to say. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, with Parks and Rec, you mentioned how there's many other weddings in it. And actually, The Office, there's also Dwight and Angela's. Oh, right. But one of my favorites, my all-time favorite show is Friends. Yes. And there is multiple weddings and wedding dresses and almost weddings throughout this whole series. But to me, I have to say Chandler and Monica's really is up there for me with one of my favorite weddings. It was chaotic and crazy, but it ended up being so beautiful, especially since Chandler's always like this funny guy and whatever. But he gets, you know, he gets emotional. You can see he's truly found love. Right. And I I just love, and I love Monica's dress. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Chic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so many things. I mean, mean, you have the Six in the City weddings, which is iconic. And you have all kinds of One King. There's so many. I was just thinking, wow, how do you sort of whittle down this list? (laughs) We'll have a part two. We're going to keep going on with this, believe me. And like, we could even do soap opera weddings. There's so many weddings out there that, you know, because Luke and Laura really kind of catapulted the TV wedding period, no matter what your genre is. Right. Okay, so we have mentioned a lot of fantastic movies and television shows, but whether it's one of the ones you mentioned today or if it's something else, do you have an all-time favorite movie or TV wedding dress? Hmm. Um, that's a hard one. Or one that you think is highly underrated. Yes. Gosh, a wedding dress. See, I did not get married in a traditional white dress. Um, I got married in sort of a vintage blue dress. Um, so I, 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 I can appreciate sort of civ- uh, City Hall wedding dress too very much. But I have to say, I, I'm very partial for that godfather, traditional Sicilian, beautiful veil type of dress. Not too poofy, but very, yeah, I'd have to say that. So since you love the City Hall looks, you probably really appreciate Miranda's Yes. Deep colored suit in the park. Very chic. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. Well, I've had so much fun geeking out with you today and talking about all these different fun wedding movies and TV shows. And thank you for all the facts you've given on these things that we have probably never 
people have never heard of before. So we really appreciate you being here. I'm so happy that you wanted to have me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and how can we get more information on you and Pop Culture Confidential? Well, you can listen to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes. It's popcultureconfidential.com if you want to go in and see some of the guests I've interviewed or follow anywhere on Twitter and get in touch and tell me what wedding movies you and I probably have to interview someone as well <laughs> on the topic. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and follow Weddings Unveiled on social media. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm.